0: you're listening to This Life Explains It All
1: with the creators of Vera, your guide for navigating a conscious life. We're Stefania Romeo and Catherine Griffiths. This Life Explains It All was created out of belief that our life experience is our greatest teacher. And as soul sisters and intuitives, we've spent the past decade completely obsessed with better understanding our minds and our bodies, all while running a mile a minute with busy careers as leaders in the tech startup world.
0: On this podcast, we are bringing you the insights and lessons that have changed our lives with the thought leaders, healers, and dreamers behind them. We're discussing wellness practices, healing methods, and experiences that get us to think differently about life and live empowered. Whether you want to uplevel your health, your career, your relationship, or going through changes to your life path, this information can help you get there
1: and let you know that we're right here with you. We believe life isn't meant to be lived linear, and no matter where you are right now, you're right on time.
0: Hey, guys. I'm Katherine Griffiths.
1: And I'm Stefania Romeo. And you're listening to This Life Explains It All, Vera's podcast. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that Katherine and I are really obsessed with. It's human design. You may have heard us talking about it through our content or referencing it in other podcasts. And you may have even seen one of our workshops that we've done on human design If you're not familiar with human design, it's a science of energy, of your energetic body and aura, and can teach you how to best exchange your energy with the world so that your life feels easier and that you eliminate the resistance around you. We love it. It's been so helpful for us and those that we've worked with. You probably have seen or heard the word more and more lately as it's kind of coming into the mainstream more than ever before. So we're going to have a conversation about human design to introduce you if you're new and give you some things to think about if you're already familiar. Before we get into our conversation, we thought we'd share some of the things we've been doing and products we've been using lately. We haven't done that in a little while. Catherine, what have you been doing, using, trying lately that you can share with us? Well, something
0: that I'm really excited about right now is a smoothie that I'm making. And I know that isn't that (laughs) exciting. So about a year ago, I was making smoothies all the time. And I thought I was being so healthy. I was having raw vegetables, fruit, like the healthiest smoothie you could imagine. But I wasn't feeling great after. And I didn't know if it was that or if it was something else. But when I went to an acupuncturist. She basically told me not that I should not have any raw foods because I can't process it in my body. And it made so much sense on why I was feeling so sick after I was eating smoothies. So she had told me just to steam the vegetables for a little bit before you put them in in the smoothies. But I never wanted to do that because it just seemed weird to put Hot food in, in a smoothie. So then so the other day, I had this idea to cook all the vegetables that I want to put into the smoothie and freeze it. So that way, it still has that cold feeling and it's not a warm food, and I can still put them in the smoothie and be healthy that way. So I'm really excited because I'm able to eat them again and they're not making me sick. And it's just such a great thing to have in the mornings. I can share the recipe as well. It's really good and it's really healthy.
1: Oh, yeah. Let's share the recipe. Yeah. You're kind of hacking the not having raw food thing. Yeah. If you guys want to listen to the episode we had with Karen Siegel or the episode that we have with Marta Soffer, we talk about different body constitutions in both Chinese medicine and Ayurveda and what kind of body constitutions are not set up to eat certain types of things. So I found that really helpful also in learning about what kinds of things that I could eat. Okay. So on the topic of kind of on the same theme of you know warm and cold i recently got a higher dose infrared blanket pouch thing and i am obsessed with infrared saunas it's something that really has been amazing for my skin and also my mental health it's great for you to sit in an infrared sauna for so many reasons so it detoxes you It helps with pain relief, skin purification, your circulation. It can remove excess weight and so many things, inflammation. So it's something that I got in the habit of in New York and in San Francisco, I would always go. But now most of those kinds of places are not open or it's more difficult. I always used to go to Higher Dose. They are a really cool company and they have great branding and great products as far as infrared goes. If you're in New York, I loved going to the higher dose at the Collective, which is on first and first or first and second in NoHo East Village, but I haven't been able to go. And so I got this infrared blanket. It's kind of like a sleeping bag and you crawl into it and you lay into it and it has all the higher dose infrared technology and you sit in it for like 20 or 30 minutes and you feel amazing. Like you just had an amazing infrared sauna session afterward. Um, It's a little bit of an investment, but I'm enjoying it. I am loving it so, so much, especially if you can't, if you're going to use it a lot and you can't get to an infrared sauna, check it out. What have you noticed after? You know that feeling that you get after you have a really hard workout and then you just feel like amazing Mm. after? I mean, before we started recording, you just said that you were working out and you were feeling that way. You know when you do like a really intense cardio workout and then you come down off of it and you feel amazing? that 's exactly how you feel when you get out of the sauna, so you kind of get that post workout euphoria without the workout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the workout is good too, yeah, but that 's how I feel.
0: yeah, I used to go into the infrared saunas a lot i haven 't gone in a while, actually i don 't even know if they 're open right now, but I loved it. It was hard to sit in there, but then afterwards, I felt amazing, so I definitely i want to mm-hmm. try i 'm making a whole list of products that I want when I move back to the u s because most things you can 't get in Australia, so I have a little list of everything that I want. And that's definitely on it.
1: Yes. Yeah. One day I plan, it's not in my vision for myself to get an actual infrared sauna, Mm. but for now I'm going with the blanket sleeping bag situation. Sounds amazing. What happens if you fall asleep in it? I don't think you would. I mean, like you would be sweating your ass off. So it's hot inside it's really hot and it kind of gets really disgusting inside, but it opens up fully. So it's like a pouch, but it opens like a butterfly open. Mm -hmm. So you can wipe the whole thing down so you can get all the sweat off, but there's a cleaning process. It's a process. If anyone gets one and wants to talk about it, let me know. I love it though. Yeah. Shall we talk human design? Yeah. Let's talk human design. I first got into human design because I was hearing it. I was hearing about it everywhere. So like in this world of wellness and healing, I kind of wrote it off at first. I was like, oh, that sounds complicated. I don't want to really learn about that. I have enough tools. But then it kept coming across my world and I kept seeing more about it. And I thought, um, why don't I find out what I am? There's a lot of free websites where you can see what your human design energy type. And I found it so helpful. And like I said, use it in coaching now, and it can really transform the way that you view yourself. Like I said earlier, human design is a science of the energetic body of your aura. And the whole idea is that when you use your energy and exchange it with the world around you correctly, you eliminate resistance and things feel more effortless. Things feel easy. Human design brings together all of the most revered ancient modalities, as well as quantum physics And so it's really like those respected ancient modalities that have been around for thousands and thousands of years and they're all brought together into this system of human design. So it uses the... Chakra system, the I Ching, Kabbalah, astrology, and quantum physics, like I said. And it's all based on when and where you were born. So I guess that's the part that feels a little bit woo woo for people. But what I've noticed is that even for the skeptics, when you start learning about what your design is and even what the human design archetypes is, even if you're not someone who buys into the origins, the archetypes for every single person are so, so helpful to understand. Where do you have conditioning? Why are you doing things because you're conditioned versus who you really are? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I first started learning about it, it felt like I had, first of all, it was extremely accurate and we'll get into ours, but it was so accurate to who I was. And also it felt like I just had so much permission just to be myself. And that's why I really liked it. And I wanted to dig into my chart more because there's so much to go into.
1: Yeah, so there's so many different things that you can cover. You can cover your energy type, which is essentially at the highest level, how you exchange energy with the world. But then there's different energy centers that govern different parts of your life. There's different lines that show, you know, where you have something to look at in your life or maybe a gift or something to acknowledge. For the purpose of this conversation, we're going to keep it at the highest level and talk about the energy types. Because I think that that's always helpful. Whether you've heard about human design before and maybe you even know yours, I find that every time I hear a talk or something about human design, I take something new away from it and I think about it in a different way. And I think that Really thinking about this in the context of where you can decondition, where you're conditioned is helpful. So, if you want to follow along as we're going through the energy types, you can go to mybodygraph.com and find out what your energy type is. You need your specific birth time. So, you might have to ask your parents for your specific time, or you can just listen through and see what type resonates with you. I always like to also look into what types exist in the people who I'm close to in my life because it's really helpful to know what others are as well. It'll help you interact with them effectively. All right, so let's get into the types. Okay. The first energy type is called a manifester. And if you're a manifester, you're pretty rare. You're only about eight to 10% of the population. And the manifester has the biggest energetic aura of all types. So that big magnetic presence that happens when you're really operating in your design and not with the conditioning of the world. So the biggest conditioning for a manifester, if they're not operating in that big energy and that big aura, is that they shrink to please others or try to fit in. They people please. And that can happen because when you're a big energy, you have that from when you're a kid. You have it from when you're little. And so you may be someone who was told that you're too much or, you know, quiet down or, or be small. And then you grew up with that conditioning because as a child... People aren't used to or comfortable with the child being energetically bigger than the parent or the adults, but that's exactly what a manifestor is. So you have a lot of manifestors that have conditioning to shrink so that they don't make others feel small or to fit in or to people please, because they have such a big energy that sometimes you're really for people and sometimes you're not. So one of the things I'll share with each of these is, and I do this in the talk that I give as well, is what celebrities or people that you might know who are each type. So manifestors, one of the things that I share that's kind of shocking to people is that all the great dictators in the world were manifestors. Up until a couple generations ago, every person from a royal family was a manifestor. People who, Donald Trump even is a manifestor. And what they did is not a reflection of them being a manifester. The reflection of them being a manifester is their ability to bring people on board their beliefs and their cause without even really trying. And that's what manifestors can do. They're meant to inform and let people know what they're doing because some people are gonna get on board and some people aren't. So I think the takeaway here is like, you have a big energy. Some people you're really for and some people you're not. You may be told that you're too much or you're a lot. And because of your conditioning, you may shrink to please others. And that's the biggest work that you have to do is neutralize and alchemize that because only by embracing the bigness, which is your real work in this world, will you be able to have a life that feels in flow and easy for you and that you're not always trying to navigate, not upsetting someone or doing something that isn't the status quo. There's so much with each of these that we can get into. If you ever did a session with us or did a workshop with us, there's so many more layers, but I think I'll leave it here for now because it's a lot.
0: Yeah. It's interesting to hear like about the manifestation type and then relate it to people in my life and share it with them. Like you can kind of see who is really living and in their manifest or human design. One of my good friends actually really is living that. And she's always like, just says what she wants and goes after it and always gets it. And she really just knows what to do. So we, we after I learned about yeah. human design, we always talk about that. So it's really cool to see, to be able to relate it to people and actually tell them, oh my gosh, like you're actually
1: living in your design. That's amazing, especially for a manifester. A manifester who has released conditioning to shrink in order to not make others feel small the manifester who released that conditioning is so powerful, mm-hmm. has such a magnetic life, like really can create movements. Mm-hmm. It's really, really amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much more we could go into and for the purpose of time and the format, we're not going to go into all the deconditioning. De- but one thing I'll say is like, if you are a manifestor or someone your life is, I mean, think about... What are the ways, if you are, that you might be shrinking to not make others feel small or not fully saying what you think because you're worried that you might upset people? Just think about that and see where that thought process takes you. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think it's interesting with the kid thing as well, because so many manifestors would be conditioned to, you know, you're crazy, stay small. This isn't... You don't upset, yeah, don't anyone. upset anyone. Yeah, don't upset anyone. You can't have these big ideas. You're just a kid. And that really affects you. Yeah. So it's about recognizing that and coming out of it later on.
1: Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to move on to the next one, which is generators. Generators are larger percent of the population. Pure generators are about 35% of people on this planet. I am a generator. So one of the things I always share about generators, generators is, are essentially pure life force in motion. They have the most energy. They make shit happen they really like keep this world running and have a lot of energy and stamina. And they're guided based on their body response. So their aura is an attracting aura. So while the manifestor aura was big presence, power, generators have an attracting aura, this kind of juicy sparkliness to your energy that when you're really lit up, other people want to be around you. Other people want to know what you're doing. When you're really lit up and operating with something that's making you happy. Generators, what's really cool about generators, and this is a tool I use a lot, is that you're guided by a sacral response, which is essentially a body response. So how does a certain decision or a certain thing feel in your body? You can use that response to help you make decisions. So we have so much power over our choices as human beings, and we have desires that we can fulfill. So really thinking about that idea of desire and choice, That's what generators are really here to explore. So again, when you're a generator and you're doing something you love, you have endless energy. You can work on something and do something endlessly and really not, and have a lot of stamina around it. And I resonate with that a lot. I mean, even though I enjoy, of course, like my self-care and taking time for myself, like when I really take a step back and look, I don't have a problem when I'm doing something like working really late or putting my all into it or like being obsessed with it. But when a generator is not doing what they want to do, they are very burnt out and drained. So when you're a generator and you're doing something you really aren't interested in, or you really hate, or like you're at a job that you hate, but you're doing it anyway, or you are hanging around with friends that you're really not interested in, but you're doing it anyway, you're going to feel burnt out and drained. And so that's why there's a lot of burnt out, drained generators walking around the world. If you are a generator, the conditioning, unlike the manifester who shrunk in order to not feel small, the biggest conditioning for the generator is that you have to do things you don't want to do. That when you're a child, maybe you even got praised for doing things that you don't enjoy. And so that turns into an adult who does a lot of self-sacrificing or over-compromising and feeling like you have to do things that you don't want to, because that's just the way that it is. When really the way that you bring other people up is by doing what lights you up because then in turn you light everyone else up around you. But that can be a tough thing to decondition. If you're a generator, what I'll say the one thing to take away is asking yourself, am I doing what lights me up? And even at the micro level, next time you have a decision to make that you're unsure about, really imagine how the yes to that thing feels in your body and how the no feels in your body. And it will really help you guide your decision-making.
0: Yeah. When you talk about that, it really, it makes sense with how you are as well. Like you're always checking in with yourself and, you know, asking yourself, well, does this group of people make me feel good? Or does this really align with what I'm doing? So after I learned about that
1: type, it made so much sense with how you are. One of the things that was really helpful for me with this was recognizing that When I feel burnt out and drained, it's not because I don't have the energy or stamina or I'm just always tired or burnt out. It's just because I'm not spending my time doing the right thing. And that was probably the biggest thing for me. Mm -hmm.
0: How did you figure out what those right things were for you to be doing?
1: Well, I think there's a couple of things. I think that when you're really in tune with your design and part of this is your intuition as well and generators, and we're going to talk about another subset of generators, which are manifesting generators after this, but generators especially are very in touch with their intuition and their kind of gut feeling. That's what that sacral response is. And it's really cool because if you are in touch with that, life almost kind of becomes, you can envision, it's almost like a video game where like when you are doing something or going in the direction that like you're not meant to be going in, it just becomes really hard. And then like you get pushed (laughs) to like do something else. I don't know if that visual is coming through, but that's kind of how I felt where like, what was I giving a lot of energy to, but I didn't feel like I was getting a lot in return, whether that be satisfaction, fulfillment, anything. So I think that generators can ask themselves, what am I giving energy to and not getting a lot in return? But for me, just really asking myself like, how does this feel? Is this fulfilling me? What are the things that I do that make me feel really burnt out and drained? And what are the things that I do that I could do for hours and get totally lost in and not get tired?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of people are getting burnt out now, especially with the way that we're all working now. So I wonder if there's an element to that as well. Someone said something interesting to me the other day, they work in a sales role. So they naturally love being around people and really extroverted. So now all of that has been taken away with the working from home and COVID and everything. So they're just staring at a screen all day. Sometimes they're working with clients and they're not putting Mm -hmm. their videos on. And now this person is feeling like kind of burnt out. Like I don't really like this anymore. So it's interesting. I wonder how that like new way of working and people just like being faced with your role and your role alone and nothing. There's no other distractions of not necessarily distractions, but the other elements of your role that you might've liked, like being in person with people and going out with clients and entertaining and interacting and how that relates to all of this as well. Like people maybe feeling like, well, I don't really like this anymore and I'm feeling really burnt out. Maybe that's why the burning out rates are increasing so rapidly.
1: Yeah. Actually, there was a study done by Microsoft for all the Microsoft companies. And so that's thousands and thousands of employees. And 70% of the employees responded that they are experiencing significantly more burnout as a result of doing everything on video. And I totally get that. Like We do a lot on video. I always do a lot on video, but I really miss having the balance of some things being in person as well. So it's an interesting thing to think about when, you know, the circumstances are what's burning you out and what can you do? One thing that I find helpful, and I'm not, I wasn't always great at this, but lately I've been doing it more. When you are feeling burnt out because you're in front of the screen so much, like how can you be more of yourself in every interaction Like for me, sometimes like I get excited and I like to laugh and like some of the meetings we've been having, like I've been standing up and that's been helpful. Or I've just been like joking around a little bit more and like not being so serious. And so there's things like that I think that you can kind of counter, but pay attention to what's burning you out.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. So if you're a generator, think about that. Think about what's lighting you up. Remember that when you're doing what lights you up, you will be guided. Listen to your gut. And you don't have to do things that you don't want to do for other people in order to provide value to them in the world. You're providing the most value to the world by doing what lights you up. I'll share the last thing on this. A few famous generators are Beyonce, John Lennon, and Albert Einstein. They're all great examples of people who found something that lit them up, became obsessed with it and went all in and lifted up so many other people in the world by doing that. So... The next largest is another 35% of the population are manifesting generators. So these are still generators, but you have some manifestor in you too. So you have both the ability to initiate like a manifestor does and the ability to make it happen like a generator does. There's this push-pull though of acting on impulse and waiting for gut feelings. So it goes much deeper into your individual chart. So if you were looking at your individual chart and there are certain things that dictate which one you are more than the other the heaviest conditioning for a manifesting generator as a type is that you need to make a choice and stick with it. So manifesting generators have a lot of energy. They like to have their hands in lots of things at once. They like to be doing lots of things at once. That's how they actually operate best when they're doing lots of different things and really busy, not just focus on the one thing one of the things I always tell manifesting generators is you kind of have to train the people in your life and the people in in your world on how you will operate. Because for example, when you're working on something, working on a project or just doing anything, you tend to be someone that will want to move through it really quick and do it and then like need to come back later and refine. Like there might be little missed things or things that you didn't fully like go into the first time that you then need to come back and refine. So rather than being someone that is able to just sit down and work something through and refine it, you really have to go in, make a first pass and then come back later. And so a lot of times that requires training the people around you that that's how you're going to operate. The other thing that's interesting about manifesting generators or one of the other things is that because you have all this energy, you tend to need to work out vigorously, like do like hardcore workouts, do things that make you sweat, take up your energy. And that same kind of cadence and speed might come to your eating as well. Like you may need to eat really often. And so that's okay. You don't have to be on the same eating schedule as everyone else. There's so much more we can get into, but I'll leave it there in terms of my overview. Kat, we were talking about this before. I know this one resonates for you. Yeah. What's been most helpful for you learning about your human design type? I think it's just,
0: like I said earlier, it's like that permission to be myself because I always thought, why am I so all over the place? I always felt very all over the place, especially just in everything. Like I had many different, I wanted to try many different careers, even at BuzzFeed when I was there. And even within that, I would love working on many different things at once. And I would always look around and think, wow, like other people are just able to focus on one thing and get it done and I just don't operate like that. So when I started learning about my human design, it made me feel like, oh, okay, well this is just how I am and this is just how I'm most efficient. So keep doing it and like you said just manage the expectations with people in your life. Like I think it was really helpful for me to understand yours and for you to understand mine as we were mm-hmm. working together because yeah. then it's like, oh, well that's why you like I'm all over, I'm like doing a million different things or wanting to start a few things at once. And definitely being really busy is helpful for me to know because I mean, I already knew that that's what keeps me motivated during the day is having a lot of things on my plate. It's because when I don't have a lot of things on my plate, I feel very bored and it's kind of hard for me to, you know, even start a task because I'm just kind of like, oh, well, there's nothing else going on. So yeah. Yeah. So it re- it's really helpful. And then On the eating front, I mean, I have a huge appetite and I eat all the time, but (laughs) I think the exercise was the most surprising part to me because I've always gravitated towards high-intensity workouts, even though... It would increase my appetite even more. And people would say, Oh, you should try like Pilates or something that's a little bit more working the small muscle groups. But I would always gravitate towards like really high intensity running. And I actually can't sleep if I don't do like a workout during the day. And when I first learned a little bit more about my type, there's actually a specific energy that manifesting generators have to burn off in order to be able to sleep at night. So it just made a lot of sense. And I'm like, Okay, again, I don't like doing Pilates. I can sometimes do yoga, but like running and high intensity stuff is what I really like. So I'm just going to keep doing that instead of trying to do something else. So
1: yeah, I think for me, especially with working together, it's been really helpful for me to understand the working style parts of being a manifesting generator. I mean, we didn't even go into all of it right now, but at a high level, the idea that like you want to like make a sweep across like a lot of different things. And like, you won't sit down in one sitting and like bring something to refinement and that's okay. Like that's just your own way of working is really helpful for me to know because it's just so different from my way of working when I'm like sitting down and working on something. So it's so helpful to know. That's why I always say like, especially with your coworkers or anyone who you're collaborating with in life or work, it's really helpful to know what the different human design types are.
0: Yeah, definitely. And one way that I've managed that with, if I'm working with a generator, working with you, it's like, okay, let's just do this separately unless there's a reason why we need to do this together. Because it's just so different the way that I get so frustrated if I spend I too long on something. <laughs> so it's like, I know. It's, so the best way, I know, you know, yeah. so the best way to deal with it is just, unless there's something that we really should be discussing together on this, let's just work on it separately and then come back yeah. together and look at it. So that way we can yeah. both work in our own ways.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, we have two more. Next up are the projectors. So projectors are about twenty percent of the population, and on the topic of refining. They are actually here to refine and improve. They're not here to make and create things from scratch. They are these sort of proverbial guides for society and they're here to see, not necessarily to do. So the last three types we talked about are called energetic beings because they create energy. They create energy in the world. They do. They make things happen. One analogy I use sometimes when I describe this is the bird in the tree that everyone can look up to and say, are we going the right way? So they have this unique gift for being able to see patterns, see what's going on. They have conditioning that is aligned to, if you want something, you need to go and grab it. You need to make it happen like a generator would after they have their sacral response, of course. But that's not really how it works for a projector. Projectors are meant to be slower. They're meant to kind of wait for what we talk about as a sort of energetic invitation which is more about, not about like a golden invitation landing on your lap, but it's more about like an energetic invitation. Like who trusts you? Who seeks your opinion genuinely? And then when you see that there are people who are open to your guidance or perspective, you start to share little by little and can grow into doing more and more of that in a role. It's kind of like, like I said, who's, open and willing, who respects you. And then it's this energetic muscle that you can flex. So if you are a projector, one thing I'll say is don't worry about keeping up with everyone. You have a different style of working. You have a different way of doing things. Lean into where you're seeing patterns, lean into where you're seeing something doesn't feel right here. How might it be? And Try to acknowledge and be aware when you have that conditioning come up that tells you you need to keep up to the pace with everyone else. You can contribute just as much, if not more, by just sharing your gifts with the world. You need to rest. And so that like constant hustle of work day or energy that a generator might be fine with or one of the other types, you really do need to rest when you're feeling your energy is inconsistent and then come back to it when your energy is there again one thing projectors can ask themselves coming out of this conversation is what are the things that you see differently what are patterns that you see and how can you share the way you see things with the world yeah steve is a projector does that resonate it does i think he
0: does hustle a lot but then he also really requires rest like he doesn't re- rest for days at a time but like at the end of the day like he'll do like something that is relaxing and just completely shut off he's really good at yeah. That and he knows that he needs that to in order to like restart the next day. But I feel like during the actual day, he definitely hustles. But I feel like he doesn't really like ask. He doesn't really create. He's more of a guide. So that really resonates. Yeah. Like he is very, very good at guiding other people and, you know, with his team, managing a team and like, even
1: when I have questions. Oh, I didn't, sh- I'll go back and share those celebrities of the uh, manifesting generator because oh, yeah. I, I forgot. But the projector example that I love giving is Barack Obama. Barack Obama is a projector. Mm. He saw things differently. He d- had a very different approach. But also because when you're the president, you have to do certain things that are... Align more to maybe a manifester or a generator, but you're still a projector, it can really tire you out. So, if you look at pictures of Barack Obama from the start of his presidency to the end, he probably aged more than any president Hmm. we've seen. And that could be due to the fact that he was operating outside of his energy type sometimes because that's what the role called for. Yeah. And then the manifesting generator, the person who wants to do lots of different things example I, I like to share is Jessica Alba. She is just as known for being an actress as for being the CEO and, and the founder of The Honest Company. She's a businesswoman and an actress. A lot of people thought, oh, you can't do both. You can't do those things. But I think that that's a great example. You can you can be both things and have both identities. Mm. All right. Our last type is the reflector. The reflector are only 1% of people of the population. They're very rare. We know a couple, there are actually a a couple in this community that have let us know that they're reflectors, which is really cool. I feel like it would be cool to maybe do an interview with a reflector, but the reflectors, remember how we were talking about how depending on what's filled in on your human design chart, what energy centers, what lines are filled in, that's what guides what energy type you are. Reflectors, if you're looking at a chart, have absolutely no energy centers filled in. They aren't creating their own energy from within. They're really here to reflect back to us how we are doing as a society. They're most open to the conditioning of the world around them because they're so open. And the conditioning that they might have that they can overcome is that you have to know who you are. You have to have a really strong sense of self because the reflectors are going to reflect back whatever's happening energetically or what's going on in that moment in time or in society. And so they're great guides as well, because they can help us see what's going on. They have a deep, deep propensity for empathy. So they can be emotional in that regard. Their power lies in the fact that they don't have a lot of their own stuff going on within them in terms of their energy centers, like I said, but they can feel more deeply. And there's also a school of thought that reflectors tend to be those who can connect with the uh, another world. So maybe like a medium or someone who can connect with the unseen, a reflector type would be more suited to or is more aligned to where when we look at people who do those kinds of things, there's a higher likelihood that they might be this. They can literally put themselves in another person's shoes. And they can kind of be a chameleon and and change and and be that when you're around someone. So reflectors are only 1% of the population. They're also non-energy beings like projectors. What I'll say is that if you have a reflector in your life, they're a great person to go to help you see yourself, to be your mirror for you, help you understand what's going on, what are you not seeing, who am I being now? And so they're wonderful gifts in that way. So, and if you are a reflector, know that it's okay to change. It's okay to change your mind, to change your viewpoints, to be that chameleon and embrace that because we're conditioned that that that's wrong and not good. It must
0: be really stressful to be a reflector because you're picking up so much energy all the time. Yeah. If you don't know that you're a reflector and you don't know that that's happening, then it must be really hard to walk around and just like absorb so much energy in so many people's emotions.
1: Yeah. I think with all of these, it's important to have boundaries, but in particular with reflectors, with reflectors because there's, yeah, yeah, you can take that on. All right. Well, here's our sampling of the start of how to understand the different human design energy types. There's so much more beyond this. Like I said, in terms of really deeply going into for each type, how to decondition really going into for each type, what are the themes and the things that show up in your life when you're not operating in your human design. So we call those the not self themes. Those are guides to let you know, hey, I'm not operating in my design right now. And then again, all of the different energy centers, there are certain lines, for example, that govern our fears. There are others that govern our emotions, our life purpose. And so there's so much more, there's opportunities to take it a lot deeper from here. If you are interested in learning about your specific human design, how to use it, how to operate in the world, how to operate at work, in your relationships, reach out to us. We do human design coaching. We've seen amazing transformations from Helping others integrate this in their lives. And we also run workshops from time to time that deep dive into human design. You can reach out to us at vera at veralife.com to learn about what it looks like to really deeply dig into your human design with us. Or if you want to know when we're having our next workshop, that's vera at veralife.com. Yeah, and
0: you can always reach us on Instagram too at veralife.
1: We hope this has been helpful and given you something to think about. Remember, it doesn't have to be hard. It's my favorite thing that I've taken away from human design is that you can create flow and ease and still make just as big of an impact in the world and in your life. With that, I'm Stefania. I'm in
0: Los Angeles. And I'm Catherine. I'm in Sydney, Australia. We'll catch you next time. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or share it with a friend and hit subscribe so you never miss a show.